Welcome to episode four of the Faith to Influence podcast. I'm Justin Janowski, your host, and today my guest is Joe Beckwith, who is a public speaker, an advocate, and a writer who passionately believes in the incredibly perseverant capacity of the human soul. When Joe knew that she was facing losing her leg to amputation after years of fighting to save it, she began documenting her journey on YouTube and became an absolute YouTube star, over 17 million views on her YouTube channel. Through the past year, as she's faced amputation, another surgery, and a second amputation after that, she continued to publish vulnerable videos about her journey and about mental health all along the way. And she shares with us that while each of us does not have the exact same life experiences, she knows that as human beings, we have the unique capacity to help each other heal and grow by sharing our stories. In today's episode, she tells her story of how she, at 13 years old, broke her ankle and over the next 15 years had to endure 10 additional surgeries, eventually leading to the, the decision to amputate her leg, which I can't even imagine. And she's done and gone through this with so much grace. And obviously, it's been hard. And she talks about all of it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And she also shares her background in real estate, talks about how she wasn't really working her business like a business and eventually made that transition, started believing in herself, started working it like a business, hired a coach and how that changed everything for her and helped her double her income. She shares about how she broke up with her leg, her and her family. This is a very interesting story and how that ultimately was part of what led to her becoming that YouTube star and getting written about on People Magazine and Fox News and a number of other outlets. She talks about the power of hope. She shares secrets on how to give and accept help in situations of trauma and pain. She talks from both perspectives because the giver needs to learn and grow and the receiver needs to be gracious and receiving as well. She talks about the value of true listening and she shares how important it is for us to normalize mental health challenges, including depression, and receive community support for the ongoing battles ahead. I know you're going to be inspired by her story as I was. Enjoy it. And remember, as always, we've got a gift for you at f2igift.com. It's free. I'll share more about it at the end of the episode. Joe Beckwith is my guest. Joe, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Joe and I met through Karina on our team, and Karina and Joe met through a coffee shop, just networking with <laughs> ladies and getting to know people. So it's super fun that you're on the episode with us today, and you've got quite a story. I want to start with your history in sales as a real estate agent. Can you tell us a little bit about your time in real estate? Yeah, so I started in uh, real estate about five years ago. It was actually a bit of a family business. My dad was in real estate for um, just about 15 years now, and it sounded like a good idea. You know, I had some connections, but I, in the beginning, I certainly did not believe in myself or my capabilities to succeed. I didn't ever think of myself as someone who could actually make money or actually do something with it. And about three and a half years in, that really shifted for me. Um, I made some changes in what I was doing and what I was kind of putting in my head and how I was investing in myself and things turned around. Um, my business turned around. Actually, I started working it like a business. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so just about five years I was working real estate. That's so important because so many salespeople, independent contractors, 
that phrase of working it like a business. So many of us don't treat it like a business. We just kind of yeah, get, seriously. Busy, we get comfortable <laughs> because we can. And when we start treating it like a business, it can just take off, can it? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. I had, uh, I had no idea mm. what a change I could make. That's amazing. So I want to get back to real estate in a second, but to fill them in on what was happening probably at that three and a half, four year mark in real estate, I want to ask you about your health. You've been through quite a journey with your physical body in your life. And I want to ask if you're willing to just lay out that journey and share the story with us. Yeah, certainly. So uh, a long time ago when I was 13, I was really into horses and horseback riding as many 13 year old girls are. And I had a really bad fall off a horse and my ankle got shattered. Um, just really bad break. Normally not a, not a huge deal, but I had to have one surgery and then one surgery turned into 10 over the next 15 years. So I was in and out of the hospital constantly. When I wasn't in and out of the hospital, I was um, getting injections to make it feel better. Things never healed right. And it was a slow progression into more and more pain, more medication to be able to exist. I'm a very active person. I love going and doing things. I have three big dogs. We would love to take them hiking. I participated in MMA and jujitsu and I just love doing stuff. But my ankle constantly stopped me from doing anything. It felt like it felt like everything kept being taken away from me that I loved almost, you know, by this physical condition. And by the time I turned 27, it got to the place where I really couldn't walk. Like I could, I could walk sometimes. I could take a few steps, like going from like the house to the car, I, I was physically capable of doing, but I was in a lot of pain and I would take a step and be in excruciating pain and not able to walk the rest of the day. Every night I was on the couch, icing my ankle and there were no good options left. So one way or another, I was told it was going to end in amputation, which is a weird and freaky thing to hear. And so my options were essentially continue going through surgery after surgery and what felt like wasting my life, not doing anything I loved doing and have to have my leg amputated in five or 10 years at the most anyways, or I could make the decision on my own terms, on my own time to go ahead and do what was inevitable anyways and um, take a shot at a better life, which is the weirdest and hardest decision I've ever had to make. But um, last year in October, my family and I decided to go ahead with an elective amputation to hopefully get me to a place where I could actually walk without pain and live, live life instead of just, you know, exist. Wow. Wow. So since this has happened, you got in the news quite a bit. And yeah. one, of the, one of the reasons uh, you got in the news is because you broke up with your leg. Can you? Yeah, talk about I that? did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a, a creative therapeutic exercise. Uh, the night, or the, actually the day before I had the amputation, I invited close friends over and, they, and we all wrote breakup letters to my foot. Uh, I, I, we, I wrote in permanent marker that we had a great run, that um, it was just really time for us to part ways. And uh, my friends wrote different things on it as well. My parents signed messages. My husband did, of course, as well. And then the next day, I, it was funny. When I went to the hospital the next day, it felt like I was surrounded. Like that's such a bizarre, freaky thing to like walk into a hospital and know that you're walking out without a body part, without a significant mm -hmm. piece of yourself. But I didn't feel like I was alone. I felt like a lot of people were with me even going, even going into surgery, you know? Wow. Wow. Amazing. And you mentioned that after 
the amputation, your real estate business kind of took off initially. Can you tell us about that and why you think it grew so rapidly? Yeah, it was actually, it was actually probably a year before amputation. I was dealing with a lot with my ankle. I knew that things were coming to some kind of head, whatever that looked like. But I began, um, actually began listening to, to Gary V. I don't know if you know who he is, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's, mm-hmm. he's an interesting person. He's very outspoken. I don't agree with everything that he says, but he really has this message of just do it. Like just, mm-hmm. just, just do it and work your business like a business. And um, I had that on the background all the time. Like I wasn't, I was in a dark place in my life anyways. I was in physical pain all the time. And so I had this guy in the background constantly just yelling at me to like do something, which is not necessarily what I'd recommend for everybody, but it kind of got into my subconscious. I started listening to other inspirational entrepreneurs and I had them on constantly. I mean, from like the moment that I got up, unless I was actually doing something that required me to talk to someone or not for there not to be noise on in the background. And I really feel like it sculpted how I started thinking about myself because I started implementing things that they suggested and began thinking, you know what, maybe I'm not just playing a game here. Maybe I'm not just going through, you know, steps and actions and maybe I can actually do something. You know, I I didn't go through life with super low self-esteem necessarily, but I didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur or as a business person or anything like that. And that started to shift. And when that started to shift, Um, I got a business coach, which seemed like a ridiculous idea to me at first. I was like, oh, this is silly. Why would I do this? I'm, you know, I'm not going to do anything with it, but I took that step. It was expensive and it paid off. Mm -hmm. And I turned to focusing on social media quite a lot and that paid off. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of work, um, but things, things turned around when I started. It sounds so cliche, but believing that I could actually do something with it and yeah, believing that I could work my business like a business. Yeah, totally. And invest in it. You know, that's exactly. a scary thing to do. What would you say to salespeople, entrepreneurs who are desperate to grow their business and want to invest and feel also an equal amount of fear about that investment? It's obviously a risk. I was very unsure about doing it because it was a significant portion of my current income. Um, that I had at the time to actually get, you know, a real estate business coach. I did a lot of, I did a lot of looking around before I actually made the leap. But at a certain point, at a certain point, I had to make the decision, at least for myself, that I just had to take the leap. I really, I really did. I mean, it was terrifying. I could have failed miserably. I could have wrecked my business. But I think even making the decision to step out like that was a lot of inspiration to myself to take action on what they were telling me. You know, I was, I was actually, I had skin in the game. I was investing in this. I was investing myself in my business. And so it made me follow through with what I was being asked to do. And, you know, if there's any way that you have the capability to do it, I think it is worth it. I mean, depending on the industry, depending on your situation, um, I get that it's scary because I was there, but I think it, it, it showed me that I was worth it. It showed me that I believed in myself and that changed things. Yeah. And what was the financial impact of you investing in yourself in that way? It literally doubled my income from the year before. The, the previous year I had brought in, I think it was 38,000 in, in commissions and sales. Hmm. And the year after that, I was actually only able to work 10 months out of the year because it bumped into my like amputation and you're kind of out of work for a little while when you're recovering from that. 
And um, that year I, I brought in 80,000, which was mm. a huge difference for me and numbers I did not think I would ever actually see before that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And then fast forward a little bit to get the timeline right. After yeah. that, you broke up with your leg. Experience, yes. <laughs> and then something surprising happened, which is that you became a YouTube star. Yeah. So tell us about how that happened. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's certainly been the most unexpected part of the last 12 months of my life. As I began making the decision to you know, what, what I was going to actually do with my leg and with my life. Um, the year before I had had, I'd been making videos about mental health on a different YouTube channel, just tiny, small, little thing, very small, beautiful audience, but I mean like 40 people kind of thing, um, which was, which was great. And that was around the same time that I was doing a lot of social media stuff with my business. So I was trying to get a little bit more comfortable in front of camera. I was trying to put things into words and figure out really how to work Instagram or YouTube or Facebook or whatever. And I had learned during that year that it was kind of therapeutic trying to make things make sense for other people. I began understanding them better myself, whether that was explaining how a closing worked to someone or explaining how life in the aftermath of trauma had impacted me, you know, whatever it was, it really helped me to figure things out. And so when I was making that decision to amputate my leg, I started talking to a camera and I didn't publish them anywhere, but you know, before I went to a, a CT scan that would give us more information, I kind of talked through what I was feeling about that and go to a doctor's appointment. I would talk about my feelings before and after as we got more answers or as people, uh, people told me I was even for thinking it, that I was crazy. I kind of talked through that. And when we finally made the decision, when I made the decision along with the help of my family and friends, that this was going to be the best thing for my life as difficult as it was, right before my actual surgery, before the amputation, I published those videos on YouTube because I thought maybe two people worldwide would ever be in a similar situation, but on the off chance that they were, hey, maybe it would help to see my thought process. Maybe it would help them to know that they weren't alone. So I created a YouTube channel called Footless Joe because uh, my name's Joe and I was going to be missing one foot, just less one foot. And um, I published those videos like the day before surgery. And then when I went through surgery, when I was at the hospital, all of that, I, I just kept filming things. And honestly, it was so therapeutic for me. And it was motivational for me because I had a reason to, I had a reason to do more than just sit. Um, and I continued that. So in the upcoming months, like as I started dealing with phantom pain after amputation, which was bizarre. And as I started going out in public and realizing that it's impossible to be invisible if you're missing a leg. People stare, people see you, and that's honestly uncomfortable. It was at first until you get used to it. So I made, I made videos about everything. And it was such a source of, um, it really centered me and it gave me a place to come back to and a reason to do things and a reason to confront fears. And as that was happening, about December, um, so three months after my amputation, one of my videos went, it, it exploded in the YouTube algorithm. You can never predict when that's gonna happen. It's sort of magical and it's very confusing when what videos they promote and which videos they do not. But a lot of people started seeing my stuff all of a sudden where previously not many people had. And then another one did. And so where maybe 10,000 people had seen everything I'd done before that, now it was like a, a million people. And then news organizations started reaching out to me. Um, 
People Magazine did an article on me and Lad Bible, which is a huge Facebook platform, created a video from all my videos and kind of told part of my story. And it was completely unexpected. It was very bizarre to have that happen. Um, but then in, in the months after that, growth continued, which I was so grateful for. And it, again, it, it gave me, it was so healing for me to be able to do. And uh, I think it's helped a lot of people as well. At least I hope it has. Mm. And now you have 17 million people who've listened to your videos. Watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very <laughs> odd number to think about. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, so cool. So how are you feeling now? on the other side of this, and obviously it never goes away. It's, it's a lifelong thing that you're going through, but now how do you feel about your body and about your business and about your life? Yeah, I think, um, starting with your, your first question about, you know, my, my body, I think it was absolutely the right decision. And I think being able to make decisions and choices for ourselves is so powerful, but it's been a much more difficult road than I think anyone could have told me about or prepared me for. I actually had to have my leg amputated a second time two months ago. They had to take it two inches further up. So it was literally doing the entire thing over again because they're, they're cutting through everything again because it didn't heal right. Um, and in that time, I also had to have another surgery on it before they did that. So it's been anything but a smooth road. But I think even in the midst of all of that, I kind of think of it like, before I had the amputation, every day was sort of in my mind walking towards a little bit more darkness because it literally got worse slowly but surely every day. And there wasn't any actual hope of fixing it. It was just prolonging it. And this way, at least there's the hope of it being better. And hope is so necessary and so powerful. And being able to make that decision for myself, I haven't regretted it, even though it has brought more than I ever could have imagined. Mm. And um, so now I'm actually finally starting to learn to walk a year later instead of what is normal, which is like eight weeks. Um, but I think it's absolutely improved how grateful I am for the ability to to, to walk, having oh. it been, you know, having the process been so delayed. Yeah. And uh, with my business, unfortunately, because of all those delays, if you know anything about real estate, you, you really have to work it to keep it alive. And it's not that I couldn't have come back to it, you know, in, in a month or in two months when I'm walking consistently, but it's a very demanding business in an exciting way. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I'm at a place in my life right now where I had to take so much time off and I had to offload so many of my clients and, and so much business that I made the decision that going back to real estate isn't actually what I want. And it's been funny how YouTube came up because YouTube is a business in itself. As I mean, I think a lot of people see it as a hobby, but don't realize the opportunity there. And I honestly think that the year that I had to kind of mentally prepare myself and think of myself as an entrepreneur and as a business person gave me the ability to look at YouTube and be like, hey, I really enjoy this. I'm, I, I feel so grateful and helped by this and I'm helping other people. And also I can make this a sustainable source of income if I really work it. Where before I would have only thought of it as like, oh, this is just a hobby, whatever. And so over the past year, I've really focused on that. I've focused on making sure that my videos are completely authentic to who I am and what I'm going through. And I talk about what I want to talk about, but I'm also on the back end of it, focusing on growing it as a business because you can absolutely make income doing this. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I love that because to me, what I'm receiving is that you took something that was so dark and so hard and found a real gift in it. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I am, I am trying. I think that's the most that anyone, any of us can do in life's hands is just, just crap. I mean, there's always an opportunity to grieve it, but also figure out what we can do with it. Yeah. Can you share one or two more lessons about your entire journey and experience, what you've learned from all of this? Yeah, I, I think on a personal level, patience has been absolutely huge. Patience and accepting help um, because during the last year, I mean, everything that I kind of thought I was and relied on, it really gets stripped away from you when you're in, when you're in a lot of pain, when you have lost a leg, when you're trying to learn how to walk and navigate and everything is exhausting and literally everything is new it's just going to take a while and there's no way to get around that. And I think that that applies to just about everything in life. A lot of the people who listen to my channel or who um, interact with me or send me emails or comments will say things like, Oh, you know, I'm not an amputee or I'm not going through what you're going through, but you know, fill in the blank with this issue that I'm facing. And it always makes me a, a little bit a little bit sad when they sort of downgrade their own struggles like oh i'm i'm not dealing with losing a leg but you know because we we all have that but we all have that stuff that is so overwhelming and so difficult to get through and i think the lessons that i'm attempting to learn and slogging through myself applied to to everything that sometimes it just takes a really long time to see the light or to figure out what the light is in your life mm-hmm. and accepting help along the way is extremely humbling but extraordinarily necessary. Yes. Yes. So that makes me think of a couple of follow-ups. The first is I want to ask regarding you're married and you've got a great support network. And and I want to ask from both perspectives, you know, for you as somebody who needs to receive help and welcome help, how can somebody who's dealing with trauma and in a lot of pain, how can they receive from the people around them well? And also how can we support the people in our lives that are in pain. And so speaking to the husbands here, how can they support their wives? How yeah. has your husband supported you? Can you just give us some, some feedback on like giving and receiving in the situation like this? Yeah, that's something that I, I care a lot about. Um, I, talk, I talk a lot about mental health. And I think that plays right into that, honestly. I'll answer your, your second question first, kind of how can how can we help the people in our lives who are hurting? Mm-hmm. I, um, going through a leg amputation is significant, but it's not the worst thing I've gone through in my life. I've you know, experienced a decent amount of mental and physical emotional trauma. And what has m- made or broke me is people listening sincerely, 100% just listening. And that's applied mm-hmm. in the last year of my life as well, because I think all of us have a desire to want to fix things. I mean, I certainly do. When I see a friend who's hurting or someone's having a hard time, like you want to Google ways to fix it and um, you know how to find a solution to it. But when you've gone through something really significant, there isn't a solution. There, there literally isn't a way to put it back to the way it was before. And I think, I think that's something that we can all benefit from learning a little bit more about and simply, simply sitting with someone, just listening. I, I, the people who have done that in my life have saved my life mm. throughout, throughout my lifetime. And the people who have 
you know, tried to tell me what the right thing to do was. I just haven't helped. <laughs> I've done yeah. their best to try, but listening, just, just listening uh, and trying to hear someone's words. Amazing. Amazing. That's such good wisdom. And, you know, one of the things that we teach at our men's mastery retreats, we're talking to men and husbands and is, is this idea of full presence listening. And for yeah. men, it's really hard because men really do want to solve the problem. That's like, yeah, absolutely. And like, we're coming from a good place. <laughs> However, that's oftentimes not what our wives or our moms or our girlfriends want from us. They simply want to be received, understood, heard, and fully listened to. So what we try to do is encourage our men to listen with what's called empty presence to not be thinking about what they're going to say in return, to not oh. be trying to solve the problem. And even <laughs> to when, uh, when we're done listening, done receiving, it seems like all the receiving is done to ask the question, is this something you want help solving or did you just yes. want to receive you? Oh, so that's such a great for, question. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for validating <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. I love that you guys teach that. That's so, yes. it's so important. Yes. What about the person who needs to receive? And what about the person who has people trying to help them and they're not being yeah. totally effective in the way they're trying to help? Maybe they're not listening well enough. How can the receiver be gracious in the situation? Yeah, I think that's one I'm still learning seriously um, every day. I, I've gotten much better at accepting help when it comes to like, oh, I'm struggling or having a hard time with something in my life or whatever. But Accepting help has become an incredibly physical thing in the last 12 months, and that can suck sometimes, but <laughs> I, well, I've had to learn bit by bit how to really become more humble and realize that I, I can't do this alone, and more than that, that it hurts people who love me if I try to do it alone because I'm really good at that. I'm really good at trying to figure everything out and trying to, you know, find the solutions that work for me and keep everybody at an arm's distance until I've got it right. And that I've seen that literally injure the people who love me the most and who are trying to make my life easier. And I think what you brought up is a really good point as well, that people are going to do that imperfectly. They're, they're not going to know how to do it exactly the way that you need. And most of the time we don't even know exactly what that way is. And over the last, you know, couple years, I've, I've made peace with a lot of the you know damage that I've experienced in my life and realized that so many people were legitimately trying their best to help. They were just trying with everything that they had oftentimes out of ignorance to make things better for me. And it, it happened to be damaging, but it wasn't because they were trying to. And that leads me to, I think, what, what is perhaps the most important part for me of, you know, the help exchange, which is communication. Mm. So sometimes people will try to help and I honestly have it, like I'm honestly good and not to take it as an offense, not to take it like someone's telling me I'm incapable, but just to be like, Hey, actually, this is something I'm legitimately good on, mm. you know, and, and just tell someone what you need or what you don't need. And sometimes that's a, sometimes it's a weird journey of struggling through it together and figuring out what that actually is. Mm. But it's, I think it's a, it's a messy process, but I think it can be a really beautiful one if you're willing to talk through it and actually let people in. Yes. Yes. That communication piece is so important. And it sounds like there probably have to be some apologies and some forgiveness. Oh yes. And all of that. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely need forgiveness myself. Uh, <laughs> and, and to forgive people who, you know, to your point, you know, you've noticed and just kind of 
looking back, see that, well, they were trying to do something good. Yeah. Uh, what a gift for you to just give them that grace. One of the things that you talk a lot about on your YouTube channel now is mental health. Yeah. You kind of referenced that a little bit. Can you speak though to our listeners who are dealing with either a physical pain or a mental pain or an emotional pain and they're trying, they're like in it right now, struggling yeah. in it right now. Can you speak and just share a little piece of wisdom with them? Yeah. So like I said before, mental health is something that is so near and dear to my heart because um, I, I grew up in the conservative Christian church, which I think is fantastic and beautiful oftentimes, but not always well executed by us fallen, broken people. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the messages that I heard growing up related to mental health were with weakness and with lack of faith and lack of prayer. And so if you were legitimately struggling, you just have to give it to God. You just have to pray more or it's unconfessed sin in your life. And while those all could have biblical, you know, references, when you're dealing with mental illness, that doesn't work. I am not in any way saying that God does not help or doesn't come in. He, I, yes. However, having a counselor or um, recognizing that, that mental illness is a real thing, that depression and um, panic disorder and PTSD, which are three things that I have, that I've dealt with, are actual conditions and there's nothing broken or wrong with you. It's just something that you're, you're dealing with. And it's very isolating to think, to think about mental you know, illness or mental health like in my experience, like you have to pray harder or just get over it or, you know, fill in the blank. And that's in my experience, again, not how it works. Mm -hmm. Finding a community that you can talk to is vital mm -hmm. because when I isolated myself in kind of the darkest moments of all of that, you really feel like such a weirdo and like you're the only one who's mm -hmm. existing in that thought process. And that's so heartbreaking and so wrong. And so I try to talk very openly about, um, about depression and about suicidal thoughts and about post-traumatic stress. And it all sucks, but it all gets so much easier if it's brought out into the light and talked about like it is a part of life because it is a part of life. And I think if we're talking about it through the lens of the church, what I've learned and it's taken me a long time to learn is that I truly believe that God is with you in those moments as much as any other moments. And that there's, again, nothing nothing wrong or, or sick or messed up with you if you are having a hard time and there is another side. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel, whatever that looks like. It just takes time and effort to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. And community is so important in that. I think yeah. what sometimes people miss is that it may be that God delivered this therapist or this community yeah. or this group Absolutely. of people who are going through the same things to be there and give you the, his love and give you the support you need. And yeah, you know, it doesn't mean stop praying. And no, absolutely not. Yeah. One of the stories that has always stuck with me is the idea that there's a man stranded on an Island and he's praying to God, God, get me off this Island, rescue me Lord. And then a boat drives past and he thinks about going and waving down the boat and he's like, no, no, I shouldn't. I, I'm, I'm trusting God to do this for me. And then he sees a raft go by and he says, maybe I should go out to the raft. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't want to do it. I want to stick with God and trust God to deliver me. And then a plane goes yeah. by and he can shoot his flare gun and he says, no, I'm going to trust God. And eventually the man starves and dies on the island. And, 
and he gets to oh, heaven dear. and he says, God, like, where were you? I was praying. And God's like, I sent a plane. I sent yes. a raft. I sent a boat. <laughs> There's resources here that we're delivering to you. And, and community is such a gift from God, I believe. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Absolutely. And I hope, I hope I didn't come across in any way like I was, you know, attacking the church or people who pray. I think you, I think the church oh, is yeah. an incredible, incredible resource and prayer is beautiful. But I think that story perfectly illustrates it, that there are so many paths of connection and, and healing and it's okay to explore that. It's okay to, to find help where you need it. <laughs> Absolutely. We need to bring more awareness. We need to reduce the stigma and allow yeah. people to have the resources and the people and the relationships they need to get the help they need. So yeah. thank you for sharing that, Joe. This has been incredibly wonderful. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going to want to hear a lot more from you than just this podcast episode. So how can they follow you on YouTube? How can they connect with you outside of just this time together? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an honor, like I said, to be here. So my, my YouTube channel is probably the best way to, um, to see me. Uh, it's called Footless Joe. And I'm also on Instagram under the same handle. And those are probably the, the, the best places to reach out. Perfect. We'll get the, the exact spelling of that and we'll include it in the show notes so that everybody can follow you on YouTube and add to that 17 million. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your stories and inspiring me and inspiring, I'm sure, all of our listeners today. This was really wonderful. God bless. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. F2I Nation, thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. We've got a special gift for you that you can find at F2IGift.com. It's an audio recording of some of our most treasured content called the Rules of Engagement. It's eight rules that are going to help you show up more powerfully in your business, show up more powerfully for your family, show up more powerfully in your relationship with God and your community, and really in everything that you do. We found that these eight rules really help people move the needle forward and become more of who God created them to be. We hope that you'll enjoy them. Again, they're our gift to you for free at f2igift.com. We'll see you next week.